Right now, we're going to bring on our next live guest. We've got Noah Mahoney joining us to talk about this week's Borderlands. And it's a really interesting one because we've got Texas-based U-Ship, which is working to keep returns out of landfills. Returns logistics is one of the most expensive things going on in the logistics space, both from a cost perspective and from an environmental cost perspective. Noah, thank you for joining us. And talk to us a little bit about the numbers, about how much actually ends up in landfills just simply from returns. Yeah, you know, in 2022 alone, uh, consumers returned over $800 billion worth of um, retail merchandise, uh, creating about 6 billion pounds of landfill waste just last year alone. So it's a it's a major issue. Uh, I believe it also created about, just reverse logistics creates about 16 million metric tons of CO2 waste every year. So uh, it's a it's a major issue, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, Texas-based U-Ship or Austin, Texas-based U-Ship, which is an online uh, freight marketplace, uh, I looked into this uh, issue more uh, more with a with a study they uh, recently conducted, uh, where they talked to about 100 different uh, retail leaders to find out you know why uh, it's such an issue. Uh, returns are such an issue for them. And what they found in this study is that, uh, you know, 91% of respondents said cost, the cost of re- reverse logistics is one of the major issues uh, that leads to them, you know, just chucking these uh, returned items into landfills. Uh, another statistic that came out of that study was uh, 87% said they struggled to find, you know, reliable uh, solution providers, you know, reverse reverse logistics providers that can provide re- reliable uh, solutions when they do have items to return. So it was a, a pretty eye-opening study conducted by USHIP. And Noy, one of the things that we saw from the latest retail sales report from the Census Bureau, which is in adjusted for inflation, was that there was still ongoing spending overall on a monthly basis with Black Friday just happening, but department stores had a downward movement on a month-to-month basis while we saw an upward movement for non-store retailers showing that e-commerce is definitely here in full force. So as we continue to see e-commerce grow and scale up, what are we going to look at when we're looking at the trends for reverse logistics? I can only imagine that this continues to become a bigger and bigger issue as we move forward. Yeah, you know, the USHIP study also came up with recommendations to try and, you know, help this uh, issue of uh, returned, uh, returned items and reverse logistics. Some of the things they came up with was uh, digital, digitalizing the return process as much as possible using AI uh, to help, uh, you know, smooth the process over. They also recommended using things such as reusable packaging. Uh, so, you know, when when uh, a person does get their merchandise and opens the package and they decide whatever they don't want it, they can put that item back in the package. Or even if it's a big piece of uh, a big item, like a, a fur- piece of furniture or something, have some sort of packaging where the furniture is easily able to be placed back in the packaging. Uh, and they also recommended uh, process, you know, return reverse logistic processes that are more transparent. Uh, and that goes along with digitalization, uh, where, you know, both the retailer and the consumer, once they decide, you know, to return that item, they can see, 
where that item is all along the reverse logistics supply chain, you know, so it's not a mystery of where this item is, you know, what condition it's in. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that should be more easy for both uh, um, the consumers and the retailers. So, no, a lot of problems with this, as you mentioned, are those big and bulky items, pieces of furniture, the appliances, the electronics that come and then a customer decides, okay, I don't want this. And oftentimes a retailer will say, okay, we're going to refund you the money, keep the item because it's more expensive to go out and perform mm-hmm. those reverse logistics maneuvers than it is to just eat the cost of the item and let the consumer have it. When we're looking at a potential marketplace, obviously for the freight and transportation of the kind of secondary movements of these items, are we also looking at UShip developing a secondary retail marketplace where these items can be returned to the retailer and then the retailer can list them as used and resell them? Or is it just for those reverse logistics moves? Um, you know, right now it's just for those reverse logistics moves, but I think what you mentioned is also a great idea where um, perhaps uh, companies like UShip or other online freight marketplaces can provide uh, maybe a service or connect with other companies that can provide that service where these items, if the retailer doesn't want them back, you know, because it has a scratch or it's slightly damaged, uh, where it can go on to this other marketplace uh, where maybe, you know, they don't get 100% of the retail value back, but they get, you know, 50%, 60% something back where it's not a total loss and this big bulky item, you know, such as a piece of furniture, you know, it doesn't end up in a landfill. So that is something that maybe uh, a company like UShip could could come up with or maybe other online freight marketplaces. That's a great idea. Credit Kaylee Nix for that idea whenever <laughs> they come up with it. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, that's a lot of stuff that could be resold, I'm sure. And Noah, you also have a story around Tiger Hawk Logistics coming out of Houston. What's the latest going on over there? Tiger Hawk Logistics is a container and drayage operator uh, in the Houston area. And they recently leased about 135,000 square feet of logistics space at the Portside Logistics Center, which is located uh, along the Houston Ship Channel near uh, Port Houston's two container facilities. And um, the company officials said, you know, they're starting to see more container activity obviously flowing into Port Houston. And this is just an opportunity for them to grab, you know, more of that market share. And it's interesting that, you know, across Texas, uh, industrial real estate is still in very high demand, uh, also as well as, you know, all along the border. So uh, we're still seeing, um, you know, real estate property uh, go go at a premium, you know, in these uh, places like the Gulf Coast and the border. It's interesting, of course, to see this continued growth across Texas and that Gulf Coast. And Noi, thank you for covering that with us for your Borderlands article. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. I always forget how vast Texas is. There's just so much. It's a big state. So much there, mm-hmm. especially when you drive through. Okay, I'm sure you've been through that once or twice. That's going to do it for this segment right now. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more for now. <laughs> 